Thank you, Chuck. So if you will, go ahead and open your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're actually going to read the whole chapter today, but throughout the message, not at the beginning like we normally do. So 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 through 18 are the main text of the message. And so the, the title of the message is God's Will, Constant Rejoicing, Prayer, and Thanksgiving. So I want you to think through that in, in your own life right now. This is God's will for you if you're in Jesus. Okay? Now, we live in a wicked world. We live in a world full of confusion, uh, disconnect concerning truth, a misunderstanding of what's right and what's wrong. I mean, literally, you see things reported that are clearly manipulated, and then you see what's happening in Israel, and you hear of the protests. And so, it, it really brings a lot of confusion and a lot of heartbreak in the midst of, of life in this fallen world. And, and Church, it's God's plan to use you and me to bring truth and the st stability in the midst of that. When Jesus was praying for his disciples before he left, in John 17, 17, he said, sanctify them in the truth. Make them holy in the truth. And then he said, your word is truth. Man, we are sanctified in a negative sense by so many things. We believe everything that we see on the news. We believe everything that someone says, and we're not discerning. And so what that does is just brings us much heartbreak and confusion and pain. And yet, church, we're to show a world how to live differently, how to respond differently, how to think differently in the midst of the real and discouraging issues of life and issues in this world. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. That's what I want us to, to consider today as we consider that. And so I got a little clicker here that's going to help me uh, get to the next slide. And so this is 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 4. Let me read this to you. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourself are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people were saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. So much like today, there's much confusion about Jesus' return. We know that it's a soon return. We know that it's a reality. We know that the Word of God talks about it, and Jesus said he's going to come back again. But when's it going to happen? Now, with the war in Israel, there are many people predicting it's going to happen any second, any day. Listen, God never intended for us to know the exact date. He just said you need to be ready. It can be any second of any day. You're not in darkness. You know that. So don't let the world confuse you and scare you. And don't let your circumstances do that either. God is going to be faithful to return. It can be any second of any day. But it may not be 200 years. And so church, you better be the church. And you better bring as many people with you as you can. We are plan A, B, C, and D for reaching a lost world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You and me, it's just logical because you and I reach different people. We have different spheres of influence. But the, the, the issue, y'all, is too many of our lost friends and family have evangelized us to being like them instead of us evangelizing them to be like Jesus. Because we know that apart from the grace of God, ain't none of us get it right. 
None of us get it right. So he gets all the glory. He gets all the credit. But let's go on. So Paul's just, uh, this is traditionally, this is considered Paul's first letter. Okay? Shortly after, less than, probably less than 30 years after uh, Jesus' ascension. And so here Paul is writing to these people. He says, for you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love. And for a helmet, for, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. I mean, don't, don't forget the hope of salvation. In Christ, we are loved and accepted, forgiven for eternity. There is nothing that you and I did to earn or deserve his love, so there is nothing we can do to mess that up. So that's the hope of salvation, that in Christ you got it going on. And yet if we're honest, sometimes we chase the things of the world just like lost people. We're no different, okay? He says, for God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. So even if you die, you spend eternity with him. Even if you're alive when he comes back, you get to be with him for eternity. Listen, I know a lot of y'all are going to be trying to have reunions and everything when y'all get to heaven. Not me. I want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus because he is the one that gives any of us any hope. And yet so often, even in heaven, we think that our family here on earth is going to be more important than our Savior in heaven. Beware. There's a lot of Bible that, that addresses that. Okay? Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Just look around. Just take a big look around in, in this room right now, just if you would. Just kind of look around. Did you see anybody as you looked around that you didn't know? How often, church, are we willing to even walk up to a stranger and introduce ourselves? Listen, if you won't do that in here, what makes you think you're going to share the gospel out there? You see, the challenge, we're supposed to learn how to do it in here so that whenever we scatter, we can show a watching world why we live for Jesus out there. And can I just tell you something? I feel like I got the best job at the bridge. I'm called the community pastor. I don't know what that all means, but that's what I'm called. But I get to know so many of y'all. And you're amazing people, but here's the deal. The more Satan keeps us isolated, the less impact that we have for the kingdom. Oh, anybody can grow a church. Satan can grow a church. But a church that's, that has the heart of the living God, that's what we want to be here at the Bridge Fellowship. And so let's be the church and let's practice in here loving one another. Now, good news. Some of you get to practice that today. But if you're honest, you plan on sitting with people you already know. Let's try not doing that today. I know, scary. Can I have any fun with strangers? I, I mean, it's going to be awkward. So 
It doesn't compare to the awkwardness of being in the community and sharing the gospel or the awkwardness of saying, I'm going to pray for you and then say, wait a second, I'm going to forget, so let's pray right now in the middle of Walmart. You see, Paul's saying, listen, y'all are acting scared. You don't need to be scared. You belong to God. What are they going to do to you? We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Our elders, our staff, our ministry leaders are worthy of honor, are worthy of your respect, are worthy of your support. Are they perfect? No, because I'm part of them. They may have been fine before I came. But it doesn't, it doesn't say that they're perfect. It's that they, they, uh, they labor among you. They are over you in the Lord, and they admonish you. Because we have a responsibility before a holy God to lead you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And we urge you, bro- brothers, admonish the idle. That's those of you who use the church for yourself. Encourage the faint-hearted, those of you who are scared all the time, those of you who are discouraged all the time, those of you who just need some hope in the midst of whatever you're going through because you're going through something hard. You need someone to come alongside you and remind you that Jesus has got you. He ain't caught off guard by what you're going through. We need people to do that in us. See that, see that oh, it says, encourage the help the weak. Man, we're all weak sometimes. Sometimes we're weaker than others. And so we need some brothers and sisters to come alongside us and then be patient with them all. I want to skip that part, but I, I don't get to. That's a struggle of mine. That's something I have to realize. It says, be patient with them all. People in the church can get on your nerves. Straight up. I'm just telling you. On your nerves, but, but you got to be patient with them all. And the more patience you sow, the more patience you're going to receive. So be patient with them all. And for some, can I just say this? It's all free, but um, be patient with yourself. Those of you who are really good about beating yourself up, those of you who are really good about getting down on yourself whenever you mess up, go back to the gospel. Remember, you were messed up in the first place. That's how you got saved. Because you admitted you're a sinner in need of a Savior. He, see that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Now, about this time, you ought to be saying, how in the world are we going to do that? I'm glad you asked. That's the text of today's message. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So no matter what you're going through, no matter what you experience, no matter what the news reports, no matter the good, the bad, the ugly, financial troubles or financial blessings, whatever you're going through, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances because this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. We are often searching for God's will. Here it is. 
And sometimes, even in this book, it says specifically, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So I'm asking you, what are you rejoicing about this morning? Some of you need to let your faces know it. What are you praying about this morning? And what are you thankful for this morning? So the main idea of today's message, it is God's will that his followers are constantly rejoicing, praying, and giving thanks to him in all circumstances. And I know that some of us are going through some hard things right now. And I know that the holidays are not easy for a lot of families. For a lot of us, it's you got to go to two different places or three different places to make everybody happy. And you're, tra- you're, 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 you're traveling all over the place and you're just so worn out. Be joyful always. Pray continually. And give thanks in all circumstances. Because that alone will not only bring greater perspective in your own life, in your own attitudes, in your own actions. But it will impact others as they see you ain't, you're not acting a fool like they are. You're not panicking like they are. Why? Because God's got you. That's the beauty of a passage like this. So why all this wickedness? We see up here uh, so many news reports. We see up here hatred of Israel. We see up here war scenes. We see up here the hostages that have been taken. It is my hope that you've encountered this and that it's broken you just a little bit. That it's, it's reminded you that, man, we live in a fallen world. And we live in a world with much confusion. How can anyone ever, th- ever think hate is legitimate? I just don't, I, it just doesn't make sense to me. Everything teaches that it's not legitimate. How can anyone ever think that a man's not a man and a woman's not a woman? It's illegitimate. And, 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 and you look at this, and, and I can understand why people want this to be the end. Man, it's hard living in a time like this. It's hard to see war. It's hard with all that's on the media, and, and yet we still have a powerful purpose in the midst of that. But God, why? All this wickedness. 2 Peter 3.9 says this, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And God wants to see more people saved. God wants to see more people secure and safe for eternity. God wants to see more people making a difference for his kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's in control, God. God's not caught off guard by anything that we're going through in our world. He's not caught off guard by anything that you're going through in your own individual lives. He's got you if you got him. And that's what the world needs to see. And so that's why being joyful always and praying okay, without ceasing, and and giving thanks in all circumstances can not only change your attitudes and and your perspective and and your life situation, it can help you impact other people as well. 
So whenever you go and, and you visit or whenever you have Thanksgiving, and if you know that there's already drama and stress, man, be prayed up. Be joyed up. But by all means, on Thanksgiving holiday, be thankful for whose you are in Christ. Now listen, if you ain't got Jesus, you need to get saved today. Okay, this is only a promise. Only something saved people can do. Lost people can't do this, okay? Only saved people. Religious people, you can't do this. So there are two issues that are addressed here by Paul. The timing of Jesus' soon return and the circumstances they, are, they or we are now facing. What happened is it's created a panic. It's created a sense of despair. Oh my goodness, what's going to happen? When's Jesus going to return? We don't know, but be ready. Okay? So we must stay focused on whose we are in Jesus and all the promises that we have in his word. So the word rejoice. That's, that that's word means joy or gladness. It's an inward contentment. It's the same word that should use in Philippians chapter 4 two times. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. We are to be a rejoicing people. That means that there should be a, a joy and a gladness. And John Piper gives us a good definition of it. Christian joy is a good feeling in the soul. In other words, it's a deep down awareness that you are really okay in Christ. Produced by the Holy Spirit as he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the word and in the world. So, so joy is happiness in Jesus, not just plain happiness. Okay, because happiness is too often based upon happenings. As long as everything happening is good and, and, and joyful, I'm okay. But what this is saying is that you know you really are okay no matter what you go through. And you just, you feel it at like sometimes strange times. Like for me, when I go to the mountains, like there is an awe and a joy that hits me. Sometimes I see it at a sunset or I see it at a sunrise. The birth of a new, uh, of a new baby, when all four of our kids came, I just went, God, you've got this. I mean, like, with our first baby, y'all, I, I wanted to put her back in. I just panicked. But then, man, they put, they put Chelsea on Michelle's chest, and there's a sense of joy hit me. And so even in the midst of turmoil, you and I can be conduits of rejoicing and joy in the Lord that, listen, we are okay and when we read and study his word, if we'll slow down enough, we can see the promises and the beauty of those promises for us in the good and the bad of life. Can you imagine how attractive our faith would be again if we weren't just uh, complaining like everybody else? If we weren't hating just like everybody else? I mean, there's just a lot to, to think about as we think through that. So when things are good or bad, frustrating or sad, in times of great blessing or financial problems, sickness, death, injustice, lies, confusion, betrayals, betrayals, always be joyful. So joy and gladness, rather than griping and complaining, are always God's will. That hurts a little bit. I mean, when things don't go our way, when Things aren't as smooth as we think they ought to be when someone hurts our feelings. Do, do we trust in the Lord in the midst of that or do we gripe and complain? 
I know for a lot of us, it's a little bit of both. But it, we have to go through the griping and complaining before we ever get to joy and gladness. And when we react the same way that lost people react, the lost people wonder, has Jesus really made a difference in your life? Yes, he has, but all of us forget because of our circumstances. Remember, the issues were time and circumstances for them. It's the same thing for you and me today. Then he says this, pray, and that's a specific word that talks about praying to God. Talk to God without ceasing, constantly, continually. You're always supposed to be talking to God. So this prayer is an ongoing communion, which implies intimacy. It implies a relationship. It implies a close relationship. So you are constantly praying. Why? Because God's the one who brings you great hope, perspective, and uh, understanding in the midst of whatever you're going through. And sometimes you just pray, God, help. And getting to go to God seems to just bring some stability to you in the midst of the uncertainty of what you're going through in life. That's one of the most powerful prayers that we can pray. We don't have to be elegant and eloquent, excuse me, and pray in King James English. That ain't real prayer. That's not the way we talk, so let's not pray that way. It's just crazy. And then, and then it says in communication, make sure you understand this about communication. It involves listening as well. Sit, sit there in quiet saying nothing, and you, you get to talk. I'm not saying don't ever talk, but I'm saying why don't you just listen? We got one mouth, two ears. What does that imply? You listen twice as much as you talk. She just, she didn't say nothing. <laughs> it flows out of your love relationship with him. You can pray to God anywhere and at any time. Like I'm talking anywhere at any time. If you find yourself acting a fool, pray. Okay, just immediately shut up and pray. Just right there, like even if you're in a conversation, pray. Sometimes in, in marriage, you just got to call a time out. You gotta call a timeout. Why? Because you've already started acting a fool and they've already, it's already escalated. We need to chill. Okay? So pray. And so anywhere at any time. Praying without ceasing puts our emotions, circumstances, attitudes, actions, and perspectives into alignment with God's word. That's why the most powerful prayers are when we pray God's word. Because we know God's word is God's will. Okay, and so when you and I begin to think about that, let's make sure that our prayers are biblical. But here's the deal. Emotions, circumstances, attitudes, actions, and perspectives. That's what gets us acting crazy. We get our focus in the wrong place. Prayer refocuses on God, the one who is really in control. The one who really can make a difference. The one who is for us. And powerfully answers our prayers. Okay. So as you think through that, and this is Brother Lawrence, it's a great study. There's a book he wrote called Practicing the Presence of God. Okay? He wanted to be aware of God's presence at all times, everywhere he did, and including when he washed dishes. It's a great book. He talks about it. He says, there is not in the world a kind of life more sweet and delightful than that of a continual conversation with God. Now, that doesn't mean you're walking around on your knees and you're praying. You can't have real life, real, real conversations. But that does mean in the midst of every conversation, every situation in life, everything that you're doing, that prayer can be a part of it. It can be part of who you are. So you find yourself in a bad situation, you can pray. 
You find yourself in a good situation, you can pray. You find yourself in a game, you can pray. You find yourself watching a game, you can pray. I'm going to say that again. You find yourself watching a game. I should have got a few amens on that. Come on, I mean, we got an official shortage, and now they're having to come out with new, new rules that says if you get, uh, you get in trouble, uh, we're kicking you out. Yeah, so, so yeah, that, that was all free. <laughs> Give thanks. Okay, comes from the Greek word eucharisteo, to be and to feel grateful. Develop an attitude of gratitude. In all circumstances, literally in all things, give thanks or develop an attitude of gratitude in all things that you go through in life. You know, I'm really good at giving thanks when things are going well. <laughs> I mean, like I'm really good whenever things are, are exactly the way I want them to be. Not so hot when things aren't going well. Not so hot when Michelle and I are uh, having some friction. Not so hot when I sometimes watch the media and see what's going on in the news. Why and how? Because God's still on his throne. He's not caught off guard by what you and I are going through in our lives. And, and y'all, Thanksgiving is, is, for a lot of people, it's a real hard time. You're, maybe you're grieving the loss of a loved one. You know, they just died. And, or maybe your family has got a lot of drama like a lot of families do. Um, and so it's just really important for us, especially on Thanksgiving Day, to realize, man, there's still a chance for y'all's family. Y'all are still getting a chance to meet together. You know, there are a lot of families out there, and there are a lot of situations where parents and children haven't seen each other in years. There are opportunities for God to redeem that relationship if we'll just trust him. And so I love the way that, it, that, it, that he talks about this. And, and here's what I want y'all to remember. No matter what you're going through, your Savior went through something infinitely worse. So Jesus, perfect and holy God, faced the worst injustice in the history of the world. His illegal trial, the lies, the mocking, the torture, the crucifixion, and death were God's sovereign plan for bringing reconciliation with lost humanity. So circumstances must not rule us. Like that, that looked like the worst circumstances in the history of the world, and yet it was all purposeful, a part of God's reconciling us to himself. That's why the cross, a symbol of, of intense torture, is a symbol of hope and love for us. What looked so bad to the disciples became our gate, our pathway to forgiveness and eternal life. The same can be true in your circumstances as well. Now, we can choose to be sinful and angry and respond the way lost people respond in the midst of our circumstances, or we can choose to trust in God in the midst of them and begin to pray and begin to ask God to do a miracle in our hearts and in their hearts in the midst of the, the difficulty that we're going through. So it's only by God's grace and with the help of his indwelling spirit that this is possible. This thankful rejoicing and praying without ceasing keeps life and circumstances in proper perspective. Remember, this world is not our home. Remember, God is always in control. Remember, 
God works these things out for our good and his glory. It's part of his sanctifying process in you and me. David, I think, quotes it every week, okay? And we know that for those who love God, all things will work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. All things will work together for our good and his glory. Marriage problems. Rebellious children. Financial difficulties. Car problems. I'm worthless. I cause more problems when I try to fix my car than I solve. But all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. There is purpose in your pain. Trust him. Rely upon him. And then the end of verse 18, for this is the will, God's purpose, desire, pleasure of God in Christ Jesus. Now to be in, that means your union with or your personal faith relationship with Jesus Christ. It's the key to the whole command. I've told y'all that it can't happen without him. So this is God's will for those who are in Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, you can't do this. Okay? So if you don't know Jesus through repentant gospel faith, Understanding that you're a sinner in need of a Savior, thus trusting in the finished work of Jesus alone as your only hope for forgiveness in heaven, then time and circumstances must matter to you. It's all you got. This is the closest to heaven you'll ever get. So you want things to go well. You want things to only be blessed. You want things to be easier to figure out. Because it's all you got. And so it's important, like Paul saying to the Thessalonians, listen, listen, be ready for his return. Don't panic in the midst of what you're going through. Here's the solution he's given to us, and we got to say it. So if you're saved, then this is God's will for you all the time in every circumstances. Now, I don't know about y'all. I mean, there's already things coming to my mind right now that I know I'm not rejoicing in. Okay, uh, I mean, I'm just not. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not praying about. I've already sensed a sense of hopelessness, and so I'm not praying about it. And I'm not, I'm not being thankful in all circumstances. Because whenever I'm walking in that way, there's contentment. There is peace. There is perspective. There is joy that is more biblical. And I respond and I react. Yes, I still grieve. Yes, I still hurt. Yes, it's still unfair. Yes, it's still wrong. But God's got me. And I can trust him in the midst of whatever's going on. So are you rejoicing always or often complaining? Just be real. Are you praying without ceasing or trying to figure everything out yourself? Are you thankful in all circumstances or angry and frustrated all the time? Run to Jesus. <laughs> He's so gracious to us, y'all. Run to Jesus in confession of sin and repentance and ask him for help to obey. Listen, this isn't about beating you up or beating you down. This is about giving you good perspective, godly perspective in the midst of the reality of hard times in a fallen, wicked world. We don't need to be despairing. We don't need to be panicking. We don't need to be giving up. We don't need to be quitting. We just need to run back to Jesus. 
Okay, that's the challenge for us as we consider that. So before I get to that, if you don't know Jesus, just get saved today. Just get saved today. Michelle was a preacher's wife. I was a Sunday school teacher when I became a Christian. But don't walk out this door today not understanding that God's for you and God's got you. And so let's, let's look how Paul concludes this last chapter. Do not quench the spirit. You gotta have the spirit to quench the spirit. God's indwelling spirit comes on you at the moment of conversion now after the day of Pentecost. God himself takes residence in your, in your life. You become a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Do not despise prophecies. Listen, don't hate on preachers. I tell people all the time, don't come up to me and say, you stepped on my toes today. Because if I did, I missed what I was aiming at. I'm, I'm trying to penetrate your heart with the word of God so that you'll walk in the freedom of God. That's the beauty of this. Okay? Uh, Test everything. Don't believe everything a preacher says. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Some of us need to ask God what we need to abstain from in our lives. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Kept blameless. That's just crazy. But you know what? Our standard too often in the American church is, I hope I don't sin very much today. That's not God's standard. God's standard is this, that we would be kept blameless. Why? Because we represent him wherever we go, whatever we do, and we got his indwelling spirit and power to help us live for his kingdom and glory. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. He's going to do it in and through you and me if we'll just let him be God. Healed marriages, healed relationships, unity in the church, unity in such a way that we really do love and care about one another and we miss each other when we're gone. And then he says this, brothers, pray for us. Greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. I put you under oath before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. So key, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. His unmerited favor and provision is the only thing that's going to enable us to live and to react and to be joyful always. To pray without ceasing. And to give thanks in all circumstances. And this is only for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's the will of God for us who are in Christ Jesus. Let me pray. Father, too often we forget that Jesus endured all that he endured. Not to leave us where we were when we came to know him but to be a part of you conforming us to the image of your son and our savior. And so for all of us, as we go through hard things in the days to come, would you remind us of your will to be joyful always, to pray without ceasing, and to give thanks in all circumstances? Because that's your will. 
And that's how you're going to bring perspective, right responses, right attitudes to us, to others. In this place this morning, surely there are some that need to get saved. Let today be the day of their salvation. For others of us, it's just a day to get right. And we get a chance to practice getting to know new people around the table, around fellowship, one of the, one of the most healthy ways to get to know new people. I pray that that will be our desire today. Thank you for your amazing grace. That no matter what's going on in this world, you are still on your throne. And you are worthy of all of our trust. Thank you for your love, Lord Jesus. Amen. We on? Can y'all hear me there? I feel a little bit. Okay. Hey, um, so I think Butch threw down a Greek word there, Eucharisto. I said give thanks. We're about to have communion. Y'all ever heard of communion called uh, Eucharist? Hmm. How interesting, huh? Yeah, so we're about to have communion now, so if you want to go ahead and stand up. Make your way to the front or back and go ahead and get your elements and have a seat once you do that. Well, it sure was good to uh, be in your place this morning and get fed. And it was good this past week to get rest. And I hope that for some of you, you have an opportunity this week, this coming week, some of you, you've got an opportunity to get some rest. But it's only going to happen if you take advantage of your opportunities. But so many times now we make these, we make holiday seasons much more stressful than they have to be. I'm looking look at some of y'all, the women in here. All that stuff y'all got to get ready. There's a, the, in the Bible, there's a Martha. Y'all know her? Yeah. yeah. And a Mary. So I want to encourage you this week to be more like Mary. Man, that was a, I was a good word we heard this morning. Man, it encouraged my heart. I just... I was just so well fed, you know, I'm just butch. I'm just so grateful for him coming up here. And man, I just asked him last week, um, you know, it's, the thing about ministry is it's wonderful. Man, I'm, I'm trying to get anybody to feel sorry for me, but sometimes, man, you just run into a brick wall. 
and you just got to get some rest. And I hit that wall last Sunday, and I, I asked Butch, I said, man, can you preach next Sunday? And he's, he was so gracious to do that and just so grateful. I'm thankful for the elders giving me opportunity to step back, take a rest when I need to take a rest and get recharged. So just so good, and it's so good to be there in your place. I hope that every Sunday when you come that you're fed. That's my prayer for you. I know that whenever I feed, I don't, I'm not that calm and sit down like he does. I, I admire him for being able to sit down and so calmly teach us like that. That was, that was good. I can't do that. I tried. It didn't work. <laughs> I'm thankful today as I was listening to Butch preach and give us the word. I'm thankful today that I'm in Christ. I'm thankful today that I'm saved, that my sins are forgiven. You know, when he put that, that word up there, give thanks, Eucharisto, and I think about the Eucharist. Man, there's so much that we've got to give thanks for. And it's so easy for us to get focused on the bad, the negative, like, like Butch was sharing with us, you know, just to get negative and talk about that and, and just not talk about the good, positive things we have in our lives. Man. So this week, it's Thanksgiving week. Wouldn't it be great if all of us left out of here today and this week, we talked about what we were thankful for instead of complaining about the things that we think are wrong or bad? Just for one week, we could do that. Be great. Well, here's something I'm thankful for today. It's that verse right there. I'm thankful for the truth that I'm not condemned because my flesh condemns me. <laughs> but the Word of God says I'm no longer, there's no condemnation because I'm in Christ, my position. So I'm thankful today. And I'm giving thanks today as I take this. I mean, we're about to have, you know, a fellowship meal together, but we're having communion together right now. I'm thankful for this. That's what Paul said to the Corinthian church. He's writing to them. He's talking to them about the, the, the Eucharist. He said, for I receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So I'm going to go ahead and open up the, let's take the wafer out. So let me ask you a question this morning, just in your heart. How many of y'all have got a good life? How many of you say right now, you say, man, I, I'm, I'm living a good life. See, that's, that's more perspective than it is anything else. And every day I, I turn to Melissa and say, man, we live a good life here. Just try to live in thanks. And I look at this today, this wafer, and, and this being in Christ is what makes it possible. Because sometimes circumstances aren't that great. Sometimes circumstances get rough. But my identity is in Christ. My position is in Christ. My heart's in heaven. Heaven's coming to me right here and right now. I'm thrilled about that. One of these days, man, one of these days, this is a shadow of what's going to come. One of these days, I will sit across that table from him. I'm doing it in the spirit right now, but one of these days, I will really do that. I'm so grateful for that. So if you want to pray with me today, let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for your body. Thank you for the new covenant. Today I give you thanks 
For you're my God, you're my King, you're my Lord, and you're my Savior. Let's see it in faith. So I'm going to continue reading now. In the same way, also he took the cup after supper and said, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's go ahead and open up the juice now. So what you always think about this, what this, this juice represents, represents the blood of Christ, the forgiveness of our sins, the atoning sacrifice, the blood of Christ. What a wonderful, wonderful truth this represents right here. Now, there's something wonderful, something sacred, and something mysterious that happens right now in this moment, most sacred moment you will have this day, and for many of us, this whole week, right here and right now, as we're giving thanks thankful today? Are you thankful today that all of your sins are forgiven? Man. Do you want to pray with me? Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for giving your blood for my sins. You're my God. You're my King. You're my Lord. And you're my Savior. Let's drink in faith. So if you would, please stand. So I'm going to pray, and after I get through praying, I want you just to hold your spot because i got one more thing I need to tell you after I get through praying this morning. So let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. So God, thank you today. Thank you for Butch. Thank you that he sacrificed this week to get ready, to study, to pray, to dig in, to go through the spiritual warfare he had to go through. He and Michelle both, thank you for them. God, I know they faced warfare this past week. To stand in this place today and to share with us your word, and we are grateful for him, and we pray your blessings over Butch and Michelle for this week. God, I pray that you'll, you'll, you will today, that you'll refresh Butch, that you'll replenish him. God, that he will be blessed because he got to serve in this way today because we are blessed by him and we're thankful for him. And God, we're thankful for your son, Jesus. We're thankful that we're saved. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would just bring those verses just into our heart that we give thanks always, to rejoice always, pray constantly. Help us with that this coming week. Every any time, Holy Spirit, that we get to complaining and we move in the wrong direction, we pray that you would convict us and just realign our heart with the kingdom of God this week. That we truly would live in the kingdom, and the kingdom would just be flourishing inside of us this week, oh God because we are thankful. Maybe we need more perspective on what we have to be thankful for. God, help us with that this coming week, Lord. 
So if you want to look at the board and pray this blessing over you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. But not as you go, we're still going to pray some more. And God, for those who stay here today, God, we pray that your blessings over this fellowship meal, over the food, over the time, over the fellowship. Knit our hearts to you and to each other. Help us to enjoy, to continue to enjoy community here. We thank you for this. We pray your blessings over all the food, all the people who prepared the food, all those voices we hear back in there right now that are working and serving. We pray your blessings over them. In Jesus' name. So before you leave, if you would, take that chair that you're sitting in, fold it up, take it to the outside wall.